Hello there, you're about to experience the What's Up Church podcast. Can a dude get some Holy Spirit? What's up, church? What is up? Church, we are doing it. Doing it well, I think. I hope. (laughs) We shall see, as a better way to say it, I guess. Uh, Before we get started, though, as always, how are you all doing? Lovely. That is lovely. Um, So this is going to sound hopefully much better. I went and invested oodles into a pop filter for my microphone because I don't know what's happened, but I just like the pop on it started getting crazy. And with this high tech (laughs) podcast experience, I want to make sure you guys have the more or less best audio and like huge shout out to Diff Mix for what they do with this audio because it sounds like I'm talking in a trash can on my end, (laughs) like on my end. It sounds, you know, dumpster fire-ish. <clears throat> and then I give it to them and their podcast geniuses, wizards, whatever you want to call them. And then they run the audio through some kind of magic filter. And I sound palatable on your end. But my goal is, is that I, you know, I mean, I make my audio as good as possible for them. <laughs> I know that's a crazy, silly thing to say, but I try to make my audio as good as possible. And so <clears throat> that means I have to do pop filters and, I, and that's what I just got. So I'm testing out this new pop filter, pop filter, dude, lately my mumble, like marble mouth, like words that never stop. Cause I just start talking into the next word and there's no clear enunciation has been next level said, like just pathetic. Um, so I don't know what's going on there. And I apologize if my mouth starts doing things (laughs) that I don't necessarily want it to do. Um, Anyway, all right, enough of all that. Let's get into what we're talking about today. Uh, Really, it's more... Okay, so I know you're going to say Daniel quit it, but there was a Francis Chan (laughs) sermon that rocked my face off. If you have a chance to go listen to it, it's called Lukewarm and Loving It, and it is from his... um, Crazy Love podcast. I think it's like two. I don't know when this episode's coming out necessarily. So today's the 27th, January 27th. So I've been listening to this episode, his sermon, um, Lukewarm and Loving It. I've, I've probably listened to it, no joke, six, minimum six, if not seven, maybe eight times. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I love it. Like it is, it's one of those messages that just sits with you. I, I was thinking about it. And thinking about all the sermons I've heard my entire life, like which ones changed my behavior? Like, tr- like, like literally they, like they landed in soil that was good soil. That was good seed and good soil. And it rocked me. And the first one I think about is my old pastor from San Diego, Shane. Obviously he played a significant role in my walk, still does, <clears throat> um, and he had a, a message about the accountability of me, the Christian, 
getting into the word. Like he's like, you have to get, get a shovel and shovel and dig. You know what I mean? Like I can't do the heavy lifting for you as your pastor. I can, I can give you all the things on Sunday. I can do all those things, but more or less, like it's up to you to grab a shovel and dig, dude, you got to go after this. You have to be hungry for it and go after it. And no one had ever really said that. And up until that point, sadly, I was not a reader of the word. I wasn't curious about it. I didn't have my own. I was like Christian by proxy. Like, you know, like, Hey, Christian by proximity is a better way to say it. I'm like, I like you, you're my pastor and you know the word. So (laughs) do I get credit? And I think I I live most of my life like that. And so his message about like, you just got to get a shovel, shovel and dig that like marked me. Cause I'm like, wow, I am accountable to this word. I need to start figuring out for myself. I can't just rely on somebody else's interpretation of it. I need to have my own understanding which has really been significant because there's a lot of people who I love dearly, AKA, you know, Chuck Missler, who I disagree with. Like I, I have a lot of disagreements with Chuck on some key issues. Now, you know, directionally, we all agree, obviously the main, main stuff, but we have some fundamental disagreements on scripture based on his interpretation of it. And then my interpretation, we've talked about this plenty of times in this, but it totally like marked me. And then I was thinking about other sermons when it came to like, you know, fear of the Lord. Um, there are some sermons that uh, Michael Coulionis has done out of Jesus image in Orlando <clears throat> that were just like, wow, like what a, you know, um, fear, uh, fear of the Lord by, um, oh my gosh, I can't, John Bevere, fear of the Lord, unbelievable sermon. Like it's just, I, and I, that's one of those ones I can go back to constantly and just like review, refresh, and remind myself of how important it is to have that fear of the Lord and what that means and that awe and that reverence and just that perspective. Um, and I would say now this Francis Chan, um, Luke Orman loving it is on that list of like, just like, dude, and he is brutal in that message, man. He is not pulling any punches, which is just crazy to hear. And if you got to listen to it, it just is one of those things where like, are you on fire or are you not? Like, are you lukewarm? And going into like what it looks like to be lukewarm and what does the Bible say about lukewarm, specifically Jesus in Revelation 3. Like there is a very, I'm sorry, I'm coughing like there's some stuff in my throat. I'm not trying to yakety yakety over here, but uh, sorry, I keep having to do that. I might sip some beverage in a moment to clear my throat. However, he goes um, in hard to his church. Like, so hard that you're like, oh my gosh, but really he's talking to us. He's talking to me. He's talking to you. He's talking to any one of us um, about being on fire and more importantly about being lukewarm. <clears throat> and even more importantly is like our desire to stay lukewarm, like how this church in America specifically, we're so wealthy, how we just are comfortable with our Christianity. Like we're, 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 we're pleased. We've had enough God, you know, like we've put the Lord into a very comfortable box in our lives. And that's all we want. We want more things. We want more stuff, but we don't want more God. We've got enough God. And it's, wow, does he go at it? And you walk away from it and you're like, well, if I'm convicted, that's a really good thing. If I'm feeling like, you know, that condemnation, that's a bad thing. 
And so if you walk away from that, like saying, is this going to bring me closer to God? Then yes, that's awesome. But if it's not going to, if you listen to that message and it doesn't make you want to get extremely close to the Lord immediately, like the first priority in your life, the odds are you're in that lukewarm and loving it camp. And that is terrifying. Terrifying to think about that. So many of us have Christians and I, I, I raise my hand on this one. So <clears throat> this is one of those things I had to admit. I'm like, man, there are so many times in my life that I was lukewarm and loving it. I was lukewarm and couldn't have been happier. I didn't want to be on fire. I didn't want to have that sold out perspective. And like I was saying the other day, like most of me says, oh my gosh, Lord, you can have it all. You can have it all. You can have it all. And then there's like that little piece of me that goes, oh, <laughs> but please, please, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're going to be cool, don't take X or Y or Z or you can have access to the whole house, but you can't go in that room. You know, we have that mentality and it's, it's a flawed mentality. It's wrong. And it's basically telling the Lord, like, you know, Hey, that's, that's that you don't, you don't get to go there. And that's just crazy that we would say that I would say that, you know, I, it's crazy. I've said that. And as much as I don't want to say it, sometimes I do say it. And that's a thing to think about. But so today is about, about time and money. Like, so the other one I was talking about, like, like a couple episodes ago, I was talking about who gets my time, who gets my time, who gets my time. And then Francis Chan's message was stemmed through the idea of money and finances, like the rich church, like in Revelation three, the church of Laodicea, Jesus writes a letter, writes seven letters in, in Revelation to different churches. All of them are just amazing letters. If you've never read uh, chapter two and three of Revelation, bro, it's awesome. Everyone wants to be in the church of Philadelphia, but <laughs> we are all not. <clears throat> and more unlikely, America is the church of Laodicea. I mean, there's components to all this stuff. You got to get into it, but we're so wealthy. We're just such an insanely wealthy. He was talking about how most people live on, you know, the 53% of the world lives on $2 a day. And they look at us as we're just so insanely wealthy. And then we don't see ourselves as wealthy, but we are, we're blinded to how wealthy we are but how that makes us very, very, very in a bad place as a horrible sentence structure, but in a bad place spiritually because we don't rely on the Lord. And so why people might be impoverished or without wealth. And we look at that as like a tragedy, but spiritually there are, they are so much better off than we are because they are relying on the Lord. Like give us our, our day, our daily bread. Like they go to the Lord and true reliance and they have that relationship, but because we don't need anything because we're so wealthy, we don't have that same spiritual desire and we get very complacent and we get very comfortable. And so it just made me start thinking about time and money, time and money, time and money, time and money. And I, I, I it's so weird, but I came to the realization, it's crazy how the two most important things we have in this world, time and money do not exist in heaven or hell. The things that we prioritize the most in this world, like you always hear people saying money, like, like people hold on to their money. Let's just go ahead and call it what it is. People are weird about money. I'm weird about money. We're all weird about money. It gives us a false sense of security. I like knowing how much my income is. Do you? Raise your hand. I do. I like knowing how much I'm making. Like it's a comfort level. I like knowing that I have money in my bank account. I like knowing when I go to get groceries, I can. I like knowing if I need to put gas in my car, I can. I like knowing if I need to, to bless or tithe or whatever, I can. I'm able to financially. 
Those are all really, really great things. I don't love money. You know, my pursuit isn't money, but it is kind of because money lets you do the things that you need to do. Like It's a tool. And so it's very easy to, to transition from like, oh, I don't love money, but I also want a lot of it so I can do a lot of cool things, you know? <clears throat> and that's recently I had a very massive fork in the road for myself professionally. Massive. And I mean, massive. Okay. Like serious fork in the road. And the Lord was like talking to me from through other people and I wasn't hearing it. <laughs> and I was given the gauntlet of like, I can move forward in one lane and it would be amazing, but I'd have to sacrifice my love for the Lord. Like it would, it would do all the things. <clears throat> and so I had to walk away from it. And this is not like a pat me on the back. Like I'm so good. Cause I'm, you know, I, I, I but I've had to really kind of my, thank the Lord. I was listening to this Francis Chan message. So it made me put in, into perspective, like, my mind was this business opportunity will give me so much opportunity to do kingdom building. Like it would give me so much opportunity to, to acquire wealth, not for me, but as a pass through the kingdom building, which is truly on my heart. Like that's not a, a, something that show and I both are just passionate about. How do we build the kingdom? How do we, how do we be the hands and feet of the Lord? <clears throat> and so through business, I mean, why not be, you know, uh, a, a means that can, that can pour into like, there's like, it's so weird how the American church looks at people in faith with money. Like we have no problem if a business person who is not a Christian has tons of money. Like no one has a problem with Jeff Bezos or, you know, whatever Facebook dude, all the rich business people, like for some reason, the church doesn't care that they have all the money. But the second you have a Christian with a lot of money or a pastor or whoever, <clears throat> then it becomes like, how do you have all that money? Like, you shouldn't have any money. You should give all your money away. Like, why, why, why is that? I mean, don't be wrong. Like, like I, I get there is the nuance of when people are behaving badly. I get it. It can sometimes look optically weird. I was having this best friend, my, my, this conversation with my best friend about like, you know, people, pastors who, objectively have a lot of money and how people get mad at them for that. in the Christian church, like they should give all their money away. It's like, why, why? Well, you don't know what they're doing with their money. You have no idea how they're earning their money. You have no idea what the back end looks like, but because the world is telling us to think about that person a certain way, we do it. Like we've done it. I've done it. Like I've looked at pastors, like judgingly, like how dare you have wealth? What do you mean? Like, the Bible's full of, of leaders that were wealthy, that were, that were Christians. The Old Testament's full of them. The New Testament, like we, we see it. Like we see it all the time. But for some reason in modern day, we just assume that it's wrong for a pastor to have wealth. You know, although the Bible, like, but and you ask like a person in the Bible, like, hey, where is that? Say that scripturally that, that that doesn't, and they can't answer you. Like no one can answer that part. Like where, where biblically are we not supposed to have wealth. It doesn't, it says you're not supposed to love money. You know, we're not supposed to store up treasures, but it doesn't mean you can't have wealth. If you're, you know, you're, if you're being obedient to what the Lord's telling you, then I, I, it's just weird how we have that perspective towards, towards the kingdom. And it's such a jaded perspective. It's such a twisted perspective that we're fine with people who are not in, who are not kingdom minded having all the money. But the second someone who is kingdom minded has money, we all attack that person. And like we, the collective we, and that's, that's such a crazy thing. Cause then we have opinions like, Hey, 
you have more money than you should, according to my opinion. Therefore, you need to do what I think you should do with your money. And it's like, well, that would be like someone from a third world country who lives on $2 a day coming up to me and saying, well, Daniel, you have more money than I think you should have because I don't have anything. So based on my opinion, you should give all your money away. And the second any of us have that perspective, like, hey, like, are you going to give all your money away because someone else thinks you should? Oh, you're, oh, you're not. Oh, you're not. Okay. Okay. So then why should someone else do the same thing that you think? Like, who are you to judge someone else? You know, judge not lest you be judged. It's not like you can't judge, but you're going to be judged by that same standard. So like, it's weird how, how Christians who are not in the word, who aren't doing anything, have such strong opinions about people who are in the word, who have wealth for reasons they can't, they don't know why ministries they don't understand. They're not listening to. It's just, it's a very poisonous environment. I think in our current, uh, like the, 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 the American church, the Western Christianity, it's so weird. And so we just look at people with money as if like they're a pariah, they've done something wrong. They're stealing from their flock. They're fleecing their flock, whatever you want to call it. We, we just have that inherent judgment on them. Like they should be paupers. They should be out with the, they should be on the street with their, with their pockets out. And they should have the least amount of their congregation. If anyone in their church has more, has less than them, they should give them what they have. Like that's a weird mentality that we have. And you can't explain why, but like most Christians, if they're in America, if they're being honest, they kind of have that default setting of, well, I want my pastor poor. Why? Why do you want your pastor struggling? Like that wasn't the church model. Like the Lord set up specifically, we all give to the church. We all pay for the pastor's life. Like, like our financial means go into paying for their life so they can give us spiritual means. Like that's, it's, it's all throughout the old Testament. It's all throughout everything. Like, like you know what I mean? Like the, 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 the Levites and everything else, they were set up specifically to receive portions of the tithe. Like it's, it's biblical principle to take care of your spiritual leaders. Yet we, we find it weird when they get too much. You know what I mean? Like we're like, oh, then, then this is where I talk about like money does weird things to people. We have this weird, like you can have money, but as much as I think you should have, like, like what a weird statement. You can have money. I don't want you to be like super poor, like homeless, but I also don't want you to have more than me, <laughs> which is, you know what I mean? Like that's a weird perspective that a lot of Christians have. And it's, oh man, it's, it's not healthy. It's not good. It's not biblical. And it's not, it's not good for the church. It's a very immature perspective. And I've had it. That's why I say that. Like, and I, I have, I've had it, I've been critical and all those things. So it's not like I'm like, uh, I'm better. No, I've, I've, I've had to repent. I've had to walk through a lot of different things when it came to judging people who I thought were living lives they, they shouldn't as if I had a say in it. <laughs> like they're doing more in a day for the kingdom than I am my entire life. Yet somehow they should be following my guidelines. Like I have, oh my gosh, so prideful, so wrong. I was. So money does weird things to us. Money does weird things to people in the church. And it's, it's odd, like, you know, lending money, like people who lend money to people in the church, people who lend money to friends. And then they're like, Hey dude, uh, I need you to pay that back or whatever. And like, it causes static. It's such a weird thing, you know? And then what's the other thing? Time. The most important thing people have in this, the most important commodities that we feel we have in the United and in, in the world today is time and money. Like people are very <clears throat> specific about their money if they don't have a lot of it. The same way people who have a lot of money are very specific about their time. And this is what I've noticed. 
People with a lot of funds will write checks rather than invest their time because it's easy for them to write a check. It's so much easier for someone with means to write a check and feel good about themselves than to actually participate and donate their time, which is their greatest commodity. People with a lot of money will always, more often than not, qualify their time as their most important commodity. Time is money. You know, and I've done that. And again, I'm, 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 I've had these thoughts where like, my time is important because I know what my time is worth. How much time I spend doing X has a quantifiable metric to it. So for me, I've said it, time is money, time is money, time is money. And, and so, and I've seen people who have a lot of money instead of actually putting like their boots to the ground and doing something, will write a check because that's so much easier. And then they get to tell themselves, oh, I, look at me, look what I'm doing. I'm funding the kingdom, blah, da, 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 da. And there is a lot of amazing people that do that that have great hearts, but there are a lot of amazing people that would just write a check to something because it makes it go away. So they're never vested into this situation. They're never vested into that thing. They just can fund it and like, hey, I'm a good person. Look at me being good. Look at me doing good. Look at me writing these checks. La, 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 la. But if you say, hey, give me some of your most precious commodity, time, they won't. That's where it's like, oh man, I can't. I, I Hey, if you need me to, write a check. I'm golden. If you need me to buy something for it, I'm here. If you want me to be there though and do the things, I, that I can't do. My time is too important. And so <clears throat> when we talk about the love of money, like, you know, it's the love, it's where your heart is. And so time and money, the two most commonly referenced commodities do not exist <laughs> in the C-suite or in the basement, in heaven or hell. They do not exist. Isn't that amazing? The things that we value most in this world have zero value in God's kingdom. They don't exist. So when we complain about, oh, I don't have enough hours in the day. We don't have enough hours in the day. I don't have enough time in the day. It's like, God's like, well, I've solved that problem for eternity. Like when we're, when we're done with this little experiment, this little, this little experience called life, this little very, 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 very short, but incredibly significant training ground, proving ground for where you're going to spend eternity. Like when you're done with this, the things that you value most in this world will not exist where we're going. And it baffles me that we're so upside down about that. I've been so upside down about that most of my life. Of like the things that I'm like, oh my gosh, time and money, time and money, time and money, time and money. Where do I spend my time and my money? Where does it go? And the Lord's just like, what are you talking about, man? Like, there's no, there's no currency in heaven. There's no money in heaven. There's no time in heaven. It's eternity. It's done. Like, 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 like those things don't matter. So why do they matter so much to you now? Like, why, why are these things that, that have no significance at all in the slightest? Why do they take so much of your time and attention? Like, why do they get so much of your focus? I should say. So much brain space. So much of just like, oh, oh, wow, I should probably, you know, oh, you know, how am I going to spend my time today? And like I said, like that last episode, I was talking about where, who gets my time? Like, like, you know, how it's weird for my, it's weird. I have to fight like to not be in my office a lot, but it's easy for me to be in my office all the time, but I have to fight to spend time in the word. And I don't really, actually, I love, like, I love getting into the word. 
that part, I'm, I, I, it's such a blessing, such a miracle that that has changed in my heart. Like, I love getting the word. I love, I'll be done with, with uh, the New Testament here. So the whole reading of the Bible here in the next week, I think, based on my reading skej. Um And I love it. I, I'm so excited that I have that. I've always wanted it. And I never had, you know, like it was one of those, I had to work on it work on it. And then I'll go through Bowser Ross and I'll, I'll read and I'll be like, Oh, I love reading. And then I'll stop reading for like a week or two for reasons that I can't necessarily express. And then I'm like, I got to fight to get my time back. You know, dude, it's like the gym, bro. <laughs> it's like the gym. It's like the gym. Like if you go to the gym on time, it's just a part of your, you don't want to not go to the gym, but it's that, that, that first week or two or three routine of getting into it and like this setting your mind to the fact that this is something I'm going to do. This is the time I've set aside to do it. Like, you know what I mean? Then you start to love it. You look forward to it. it, it it's an amazing thing. <laughs> and I say that as someone who's not going to the gym right now. Wow. <laughs> Pot, meat, kettle. Hypocrite. Um, no, but like, it really is. It's, it's something significant. Like when you, like you start getting into God's word. And I am still to this day, not a chapter verse guy. I don't have it memorized, but I love just going through and then he, like reading it and going, oh, that's where they got that from. Oh yeah, that's right. That's, that's, that's where that, that's where that comes in. Oh yeah, I know that. I, I, oh yeah. All right. All right. I'm familiar. I'm familiar. And then you get that, that learning of it of like, all right, Lord, like, what am I supposed to be getting here? What am I supposed to be doing here? What am I supposed to be understanding here? Like what words are significant for me to walk away with? And that's my favorite part. So <clears throat> my time. And my money are so irrelevant in the kingdom. Like they're so irrelevant. And so many of us hold on to them with dear life as if they have all the solutions. We hold on to our time tightly. We hold on to our money tightly. Or we're good with our money, but we hold on to our time. Or we're good with our time and we hold on to our money. You know, like we, we, those two things I've seen in my life have more authority over people's lives than anything else. And they don't exist in heaven. They don't exist with God. Like store up your riches in heaven. He told us that. You know, like, <laughs> like seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. You know, like he's, he's so good, yet we look past him all the time. I look past him all the time for the things that I can kind of qualify. Qualify or quantify, I guess, is a better way to say it. And, I, and I'm trying so hard to get better at that. Like, I'm trying to so hard to, like, understand eternity by living. Like, how do I live today that is living for eternity? Like, I, I'm, 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 I'm consciously thinking about those things. Like, what am I doing that's going to impact my eternity? And it's like, all right, well, I, I got to say no to some things in life. I got to focus on some things in life. I've got to really buckle down, buckle down, button. I don't know. What's that phrase? Dude, it's so weird how your brain just is not smart anymore. Not yours, but clearly mine. <laughs> like phrases are like, ah, bunker, bunker down, bunker. Is it bunker down? Is it bunker down? Like, yeah, like a World War One or World War Two reference, bunker down. Anyway, I don't know why I get lost in those thoughts of like, what's that mean? But like, I always just been thinking about that a lot. I, I've been since that message in terms of the money and the wealth and like, are you able to, like, can I just say, Hey Lord, you can have it like the house. 
the car, my job, anything. What is it that I'm holding on to that is of means that, that you can't have and what I'm holding on to? And then immediately it was like, all right, well, what about my time? If the Lord says, spend all day with me, will I do it? Or will I f- rationalize a reason why I probably heard that incorrectly? Which I've done, if I'm being 100% honest. I've done that. Like I've had a conviction like, man, I should spend the day with the Lord, but it was a Monday. And that's like my busiest work day. I get all my work done that I'm like so pro of the week and everything else. And I had like an unction of like, man, I should probably spend the day with the Lord. And then I didn't do it. Like I did my word time and everything else, but then I, I, I phones ring, da, da, da. And I, I had to get, I, I just got into work and I didn't even think about it again. And I'm like, now I'm like, oh my gosh, Lord, like, you know, we've talked about that. How many times I've said like, like what an, what an invitation that the Lord will give you just to spend time with him. And there's nothing better than that. Yet we'll find reasons not to. Oh, I've got to go to, you know, like in the Bible, like, hey, come to this wedding. You know, and the guy's like, I can't, I got a new wife. I can't, I got some new oxen. I can't. We'll have all these excuses of why we won't give him our time. And it just baffles me as if, as if there's anything better. Man, I, I, I get so convicted when I know I've made poor decisions regarding his priority in my life. Like, it's just a bummer. And I, and I pray like, Lord, like, let me get better at that. Let me, let me, like, how do I, how do I misprioritize you consistently? How do I do that? Like, open my eyes to it. Like, I, I don't want to be on the wrong side of this ever. I don't want to be on the wrong side of you ever. Like, I, I want, <clears throat> and so but I just, I, 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 I try to walk this tightrope of like world and kingdom and like present and eternal. And, and I fail miserably when I try to do that. And that's the lesson. Like I fail miserably when I'm trying to navigate that on my own means versus going, Holy Spirit, I got to, I got to let you take the wheel. (laughs) But it's just, you know, that's all I've been thinking about lately, like time and money, time and money. Like the two things that, that I have historically valued the most have the least don't exist. And so why do I give them so much application today? And Maybe you're the same way. Like, like, I don't know. Like what, what, like what gets your priorities? Where are your priorities at? Like I, I'm, I'm constantly reviewing these things now. Like, oh Lord, I've got to reassess my priorities. And like, you've got to be number one in every single facet. Like every single category has to be first things first, the Lord. And then from there, everything else, Hey, fill in, fill in the blanks accordingly. But if I'm not getting that one right, then the rest of them are, then it's all wrong. And so that's what I'm focusing on. That's what I'm working on. That's what I'm praying about. That's what I'm trying to figure out for my own life. Um, but I just want to think about that and exp- expose that like time and money, man, time and money, how seductive both of them can be and how irrelevant they actually are. Oh, man, Lord, help me, help me. All right, well, that was today. I hope this sounds better with the pop filter though. I really do. Like, even though I know I think I probably spiked this a little bit throughout the conversation, I hope it's better than it was before, maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> but you guys are awesome. Thank you for your, your patience. Uh, thank you, Diff Mix, as always, for putting this together. You guys are amazing. And I will see you guys next week. Bye. You have been listening to What's Up Church Podcast. Just know you are cooler than all your friends that didn't. <laughs> <laughs>